the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Discover Portersville Christian School just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made at OurPCS.org. Cloudy and humid for tonight, a thunderstorm in spots late, low 67. Friday, clouds and sunshine, a passing shower, humid with a high for tomorrow, 77. Tomorrow night, partial clouds, a low 61. Saturday, clouds and some sun with a high 81. Sunday, sunshine and clouds, high again, 81. And partly sunny Monday, with a high, 80. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon to you. Thanks for coming along today, the Thursday edition. Kath is not with us today. She's uh, suffering a malady, which I'll tell you about in a little bit. Um, she's fine, but uh, she is suffering a little bit here today. <clears throat> I've, I've talked about this in the past. I come from, uh, I'm one of seven brothers and sisters. One of seven. Now, my mother got. <laughs> God rest her soul. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't, I can't bring her name up without laughing because I love her so much. She was such a fabulous woman, and as you might imagine, with seven kids, she had her hands full. She really did. So this is a story that, that sort of goes into the family lore uh, of you know what it was like to grow up in the Hall household. So um, my mother made out a shopping list one day. And she gave it to my sister, Jackie, and said, go to the store and get this. Here's the list. She wrote down, you know, milk and, you know, bread and just the basics. She wrote this on a little piece of paper. So my sister dutifully goes down into the store, <clears throat> into the uh, the streets of Swissvale. She goes to, I think it was the Kroger's, which, of course, long gone from the Pittsburgh area. Went to the Kroger's and uh, did the shopping. And came home. And that was that. But then later on in the afternoon, my mom, whatever she was doing, said to my brother Jeff, hey, Jeff, I need you to go to the store and get get some other things. So my mom, she wrote down a little grocery list. And there's my brother, dutifully. He goes down into <laughs> Kroger's. So Jeff, as Jeff is wont to do in the family lore, while he's shopping, he loses the shopping list, wandering around now in the aisles of Kroger, you know, probably 12 or 13, clueless, wandering around. But then, lo and behold, there he looks down on the ground, and he sees a little piece of paper, picks it up. There's my mom's handwriting. Hey, okay, goodness, there it is. I'm good to go. Buys what's on the shopping list, comes home, sets it down on the kitchen table. My mom goes, what's this? He goes, well, that's what I got you. She said, this is the same thing that your sister got earlier in the day. The same stuff. I, wh- why didn't you get 
So then he had to come clean and say, I lost the shopping list. So what essentially happened is that my brother, having lost the list, wandering the aisles of the Kroger, found the old list, the old shopping list on the old piece of paper from earlier in the day that my sister probably (laughs) threw away. And then my brother, hours later, picked up. But, you know, there's my brother recognizing my mother's handwriting and thinking, I'm good to go. Your mother's handwriting. So fast forward. And this is in the 1990s. I've got a friend, Pat, who is a, he's an art, he's an art dealer. And Pat is a, just a fascinating guy. I mean, you go to his house, and his house is filled. The walls are filled with all manner of imagery, just incredibly beautiful color and texture. And so Pat's out there, you know, in the art world, and he's not by any wealthy, you know, he's not a wealthy guy, but he's just a really interesting guy who finds himself in fascinating situations. Anyway, Pat had a piece that he believes is a um, a working piece of a Pablo Picasso. The Pablo Picasso, years and years ago, was invited to, um, on, a, on a piece of, um, in, in a theater production, in a proscenium uh, stage, there used to be, you know, the curtain would come down, and oftentimes, especially in the old days, they would paint the curtain. And so Picasso w- was... Um, charge to make paint this curtain and he had this model that he first put on a piece of board it was his you know i'm going to use this as my my imprint as i as i do in the larger piece but i'll look at the smaller piece so there my friend pat had this small piece and it was probably like 18 by 18 and pat had newspaper clippings, photographs of the original piece, you know, the the bigger, larger piece at the theater. He was convinced that this was a Picasso. And, a, and you can imagine, right, if he had possessed a Picasso, what that would be like for him. So Pat was like, let's go to New York City. You want to come with me? I was like, great. So there we are. And um, Pat, very interesting guy, was able to make appointments with any number of of Picasso people. So we find ourselves way uh, like up in the 50s where all this hoi poi and, you know, the art world is in. And we went to this brownstone and there was this world famous Picasso expert. And Pat tells him the whole story, shows him the photographs, newspaper clippings, the imagery. And then he comes out, there's this leather portfolio. Pat unzips it and presents it to the Picasso expert. The guy looks at it for a long time. Long time, you know, a good five minutes. Doesn't say a word. You know, I'm, I'm standing, I'm standing next to Pat. Like I'm just his buddy, waiting. Finally, the guy says to Pat, <clears throat> Pat, you know your mother's handwriting. And Pat says, Yeah, 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 yeah. The guy says, This is not your mother's handwriting. Oh. Uh, he knew instantly what he meant. No, it's not. It's not a Picasso, because the dealer, the art dealer, knew, like my sister Jackie or my brother Jeff, knew, you know, your mother's handwriting. You know your mother's handwriting. I know it, right? I know my mom's handwriting. You know yours. 
This guy knew Picasso so well that he knew that it wasn't a Picasso, and he just used the mother's handwriting as an analogy. And I've been thinking about that. You know, we all know our mom's handwriting, something we grew up with. How many times have you looked at your mother's handwriting? And of course, my mother had this beautiful, so you know, you know, people of that generation, you grew up just gorgeous cursive, right? They were just, they were schooled into that. That just looked beautiful. I could, I could recognize her handwriting, you know, from across the room. All that to say that as brutal and as crazy and as upside down as this world is today, and it really is, of course it is. If you buy into this, if you're a child of the news cycle, you think, oh my goodness gracious, the world is crazy. Well, I know this. I know God. And my guess is you know God. You know the joy and the beauty, all that, the significance of God in your life. And when you see God, you do see your mother's handwriting. You see that, right? That's home. That's a place to land. So I say today, have no fear, right? We know our mother's handwriting. And that's an invitation to have comfort and joy and peace in this crazy world that we're living in. That's all. Anyway, Calf. Calf gets this vertigo. It just comes upon her. She'll wake up and she'll like her head will be spinning crazy. And she'll she'll get sick. You ever, have you ever had vertigo? I've have had vertigo. You get nauseous. You know, you're like, well, you want to hurl. And it's just something that comes up. It's an inner ear thing. So this morning, actually last night we were leaving, Kath was like, I think I'm getting vertigo. This morning she wakes up and she texts Christy and I and goes, I got this thing. I'm really a mess. Good news is she goes to, <laughs> she goes to a doctor. They spin her in a chair. Can you imagine like, you know, like an office chair? They spin you and then they stop the spinning. You know, it's an abrupt thing. And, and that quick motion, that jerk of emotion supposedly puts the crystals back into effect that will release the vertigo from her head. So prayers for Kath that she's uh, in some ways able to stand up without uh, feeling so incapacitated that she will come in tomorrow. Okay? That's all. Kath is good. Anyway, uh, we'll take a quick break. Come back. When we do come back. Jerry Boyer is with us. Here's some Kath bumper music. Prayers for Kath. WORD. Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Cram. The answer for anger is the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is forgiveness. Forgiveness is the key to breaking this chain. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Cram. PowerPoint. 
tonight at 9.30 on 101.5 WORD. My Pillow's having their biggest sheet sale of the year. Hey, this is John Hall. You've all helped build MyPillow into this amazing company. And now, Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. The Percale bedsheet set is available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they're all on sale. For example, the queen size is regularly priced at $89.98, but is now only $39.98 with our listener promo code. Order now, because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale sheets are breathable, have a cool, crisp feel. These come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use the promo code WORD. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Now that I've got your attention, let me tell you all about us. Whoa, tough crowd. Anybody out there? Hello, anyone? Fighting to be heard in today's competitive digital world? It's time for Salem Surround. Let us handle everything and get your message seen and heard. Let's turn up the volume on your business with Salem Surround. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hills seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. I'm Steve Williams from AccuWeather. Not running your business on NetSuite is like trying to sink a putt with a cap holder be your eyes. NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system, giving you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, budgeting, and more all in one place. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 31,000 businesses already use NetSuite. NetSuite has a special financing program for those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash 10. NetSuite.com slash T-E. EMP. Well, if you've been reading and watching these last several months, uh, people crying out, Chicken Little, right? Uh, a recession, a recession is coming, a recession. It's been nonstop. I think every day in the news you read about the recession. So today, numbers were released. And so I guess the question is are we in a recession? What is a recession? Jerry Boyer is back with us. Jerry's a regular guest on our show. He's host of the podcast, The Maker versus the Takers, uh, what Jesus really said about social justice and economics, his new book. Uh, Meeting of the Minds is his podcast, and Jerry is with us right now. And Jerry, welcome back. How are you doing? I'm fine, but it looks like somebody's missing. What gives? What's the deal? She has vertigo. She has vertigo? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's one Benign of those things. vertigo? Well, it kind of comes and goes, but it's been, she's had it forever and ever and ever. Yesterday at the end of the show, she was like, I'm feeling a little weird. This morning, Kath woke up and said, she texted and said, oh yeah, uh, she, it makes her really ill. So the good news is, like I said, she goes to the doctor, they spin her in a chair, and then they stop the chair quickly, and apparently it moves the crystals in her ear back to some semblance. So we'll see. So does she do the Epley maneuver? Do you know what the Epley maneuver is? No. What is that? 
Well, there's a, like there's a bunch of things you do where you have to get like the crystals back, mm. you yes. know, in place. Yes. And I guess if that doesn't work, they do the spinny thing. Okay. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I do know that she did do the spinny thing. So she did the spinny yeah. thing. Okay. <laughs> right. So we'll, well see. You know, the, the whole the whole economy is doing the spinny thing. We need an Epley. <laughs> maneuver for our macroeconomic outlook. Yeah. stop the world we, i want to get vertigo. off we yeah. we had a bubble and that's the vertigo and then you come crashing down and we feel sick to our stomach <laughs> not to make light or no. not to not to turn kathy's um pain into a into a metaphor well for the she's economy, used to it i, I mean you know yeah right, okay, it just kind of right. comes to the territory jared you know it's what it is to be on the radio everything's show prep Right. Right. That's true. <laughs> okay. So, Jerry, talk about what is a recession, I guess, is, is point A. And point B, are we in a recession? Six months or more, half a year or more of economic contraction is a recession. Okay. So, if the economy gets smaller for two quarters in a row, what's that quarters? Well, three months is a quarter, yeah. right? So, two of those is six months. So, if you have six months in a row where the economy is getting smaller – that's a recession. Okay. Uh, now, the White House put out something a few days ago because they knew this was coming. Sure. Right? They knew they they knew Thursday they were going to get a number, and that number would have a little negative sign in front of it rather than a little positive sign. We mm. all, you know, we knew all that. Sure. Right? Okay, so they knew that, so they kind of went out there and kind of pre-spun um, and said, "Well, just because you have two quarters in a row of negative economic growth, two quarters in a row uh, of of um, uh, contraction." That doesn't mean that it's necessarily a recession. Recession is a complicated thing that involves a number of factors. And there's an official scorekeeper, the National Bureau for Economic Research, and they're the ones who decide what if, what's officially a recession. Well, that's, not, that's just not true. Uh, first of all, the dictionary defines a recession two quarters in a row of, of negative economic growth. Second of all, the law does. <laughs> if you search in the U.S. code for recession, in there is the definition. Guess what it is? Two quarters or more in a row of negative economic growth. Also, you know, we've talked about futures markets where you sure. can go in and bet on who's going to be president or who's going to control Congress. You can also do that on will there be a recession? So how do you know if you won? Well, the, you know, in the contract, the definition is two quarters or more in a row of negative economic growth. So that's what it is. Okay. The National Bureau of Economic Research is a group of prominent economists, a private group. They have their opinion and they're widely cited, but they have no official role. How do I know? Because I called them <laughs> and asked them uh, in 2008 because people were attacking me because in early 2008, I said, we're not in a recession yet because we only had one quarter of negative growth. And then there were a bunch of stories like Jerry Boyer's an idiot. He said, we're not in a recession, uh, but he couldn't have got it more wrong. Uh, so I thought I kind of got you know defensive about it. Sure, why not? Because the National Bureau of Economic Research said the recession started in the beginning of 2008, but the second quarter was positive. So I called and said, "Hey, everyone says you're the official arbiter of of um, recessions. How'd you get that title? I don't know. Could you look into it? Sure." So she called me back and she said, "Well, there's no actual official thing." There's no act of Congress. There's nothing in the regulations, There's no presidential thing. We're just when the when the uh, Commerce Department puts out its monthly report, it uses our little recession bars. It uses our dating, but there's nothing official. I see. So what's official is the dictionary. Plus, you know what? Everybody knows we're in a recession. Anybody who does not stand to lose their job if they lose an election and everyone who's like in touch with reality, all the shoppers, all the people who are in the economy, not people who are in politics, 
they all know we're in a recession. Okay. We're in a recession. That's yes. the bottom line. Okay. Yeah. So then if we're in a recession, uh, I'm going to take a giant leap here. How yeah. far away are we from uh, a depression? Pretty far, I think. Um, not like in the short run. Um, so it's depressions are kind of hard to get into. You got to do a lot of like really bad, stupid things. Okay. Plus we kind of just had one by all reasonable standards, the contraction when we shut down the whole economy yeah. under COVID that was de- a depression is 10% or more shrinkage. We had a 30% shrinkage. So you generally don't have depressions. Like once you have a depression, then you just, you don't have a depression again right away. Um, you know, because you're kind of bouncing back. We're still kind of recovering from that. So I don't think we are in a recession on our way to a depression. I think we're in a recession on our way out of the recession into a time of long-term stagflation, low growth, but not necessarily negative, high inflation, but not necessarily like nine or 10% a year in a 1970s scenario. Frankly, I'd rather have a short depression than a lost decade. Because, you know, when you have a deep recession or it's kind of it's painful and then you're out of it, you kind of get back on track. Yeah. But this like long period of people essentially like a whole generation never really having a career, you know, people who came online economically like during 2009, young people, they never really had a, 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 a real career path. They never really had a growth story or not, or not much of one. That's the thing that's really corrosive. And that concerns me. I see. And also, if, we're, if that's the situation we're in with debt levels as high as they are, we, we actually could suffer a severe crisis in several years, hmm. like the European debt crisis. You remember that? Yeah. Um, you know, or other countries have had essentially collapses. We haven't had anything like that really since the founding, since just before the founding. You know, that's becoming more plausible, not just now, but the, the kind of thing that talk radio has been talking about for 30 years, but never happened. Sure. You know, the kind of Glenn Beck scenario, those that, that used to be kind of kook territory. Um, not anymore. I, it's something we need to seriously think about, say, maybe if, a few years out from now, having a serious crisis. Okay. So the bad news is maybe not a recession, but as you're saying, just a long, long stretch forward of the blahs, kind of mushy, not so great. But, you know, you're old enough. I'm old enough. We've been here before. Eventually, we're going to find ourselves out of this. I was talking to a buddy of mine yesterday. He was saying, you know, uh, interest rates. He said his first house, I think it was back like in the uh, the 70s, uh, he was thrilled to get like a 10.5% interest rate when he bought his house. And, you know, now, heck, we've been in this period where there's been, you know, zero or 2 or 3%, 4%. Uh, we're a long way from that. Yes, and the problem is that that two or three percent, those two or three percent mortgage rates, are a distortion um, because the the the, re, the interest rates aren't that low because that's the market rate, or because we're good savers, um, you know, or because we're putting down big the you know um, a, a hand money or a sure. down payments. It's there because the the government is pumping money into the housing market to keep it alive. Um, and the problem with that is what happens when they stop pumping money? Mm-hmm. It collapses. And they have stopped pumping money. And it is kind of collapsing, right? So th- that's, the, that's the problem. A low interest rate is a great thing if you earn it. Yeah. How does a country earn a low interest rate? By 
being big savers. I mean, think about the logic of it. If most people are savers and not borrowers, that's readily available money for lending. In the bank. That means interest rates are lower. But if most people are borrowers, not savers, that's demand for credit, and that makes high interest rates. But what happens is when the government comes in and says, you know what, we are not savers, we are spenders, but we're going to push the interest rate down. It's basically like a skinny mirror. It makes it look like we've earned these low interest rates, but there's no magic. Something has to give. You're not creating wealth. You're creating a bubble. And we created a housing bubble and we created a tech stock bubble. You know, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. We created these bubbles. We created a streaming bubble. Um, we've, we've created a healthcare bubble. We've created a college bubble. So we've created all of these bubbles. And then, then we get all this inflation. And so the central bank says, well, what are we going to do? Well, to get rid of the inflation, we have to deflate the bubble. But if we deflate the bubble, that's a crash, and we don't want that. And that's the dilemma they're in right now. I see. Talking to Jerry Boyer, he's an economist. His book is called The Maker Versus the Takers. Okay, Jerry, so yesterday, uh, the Democrats, you know, talking about build back better, that fell apart. But then Joe Manchin yesterday, surprises, surprises, he does a flip-flop and says, you know, I'm going to do the build back better thing. It's going to be renamed something else. But his reasoning for doing this is that he wanted to slow inflation. I mean, what does that even mean? Well, it just means that there's something they wanted to do, and they polled people and found out what the pain points were, and then they took the thing that they always wanted to do. They, they took the thing that they've been wanting to do for 10 years, yeah. a giant public works project thing, and then went to the focus group and said, what are you worried about? And grab that I see. and put that label. Remember those sticky things where you put a label on something? Yeah. They simply put anti-inflation label on a pro-inflation spending plan that they've been wanting to do for a long time. Hmm. So it's manipulation and it's cynical. By the way, it's not just the Dems. Everyone does it, right? Everyone does this, but this is not an inflation solution. By subsidizing the prices of some things like healthcare or drugs, you're not lowering the price of those things. You're raising the price of those things. Um, the government heavily subsidizes college education, right? There's all these national grants you get. Has the price of college education been going up or down right. in, in, in your generation? Skyrocketed. Generation? Skyrocketed. So subsidizing a thing does not cause the price to go down. It causes the price to go up. All it does is as the official price is going up, you get a little discount where the government gives you a little like where we're going to give you a little token so you don't get all of the price increase. Mm-hmm. But the cost of that is they do that with newly created money. So the price of everything goes up. Inflation is not when your gas uh, when filling up your gas tank goes up. Inflation is not when the price of ground beef goes up. Inflation is when the price of everything goes up. See, in, in, in the economy at any given time, you know, let's say there's mad cow disease, beef gets more expensive, but everything doesn't get more expensive, just beef. Or you've got a war in the Middle East, then gas prices go up, but not everything goes up. You know, that's a gas thing. Yeah. When the price of pretty much everything is going up, that's what inflation is. And by creating extra money, but then helping you with one particular kind of bill, while the price of everything else goes up, that's not stopping inflation. That's taking your wish list 
and trying to call it an anti-inflation measure. I and see. it's not going to work. Okay, so then all that, you know, pandemic money that was just flowing out of Washington, D.C., all those checks that everybody received and small businesses and whatnot, millions and billions of dollars, was that? Trillions. Trillions. So the, I wish it was billions. So I wish it was only billions. Those trillions right? then, did that yes. set the stage for where we are? Yes, trillions in spending and several trillions in newly created money. Um, I mean, we, we increased the monetary base, like that base money that the Fed creates. Yeah, we that it didn't go up ten percent. It didn't go up a hundred percent. It went up five hundred percent. Oh my gosh! Yeah. We quintupled the money supply, and then the Fed came along and said, mm, "It's getting a little out of hand. We're, we need to have a little tough love here." And so, what they did is they looked at that. money supply increase and said, oh, we're going to knock 2% off. (laughs) They quintuple, you know, the money supply. And then they take tiny and look how the markets reacted earlier this year. Even that was like, oh no, the world is ending. Don't, don't cut off my morphine, you know, and markets were collapsing and it triggered a recession. That's how fragile and vulnerable we were. So you say, you know, what do we do? What you do is you never create the bubble in the first place. Once you've created the bubble, there's no easy way out. Just like in life. I mean, you can, if there are like four or five really bad decisions that you make in your life, you get to the point where there's no good decisions left. Mm. You, You can get to the point in your life where all you have is like very, very bad options or just regular bad options. Because that's the way the world. That's the way God made the world. There are implications to our decisions. So we have made several very bad decisions to the point where there is no soft landing available to us. And now we're paying what, the price. What's happening is the central bank is basically going to say we'll trigger a recession. That's what they've done. We're going to fight inflation somewhat, but we're not going to beat it because we know the American people are not willing to take the pain of really beating inflation. So they're muddling through. Joe, we need to take a break. Uh, when we come back, I mean, is there a panacea for, you know, us, for the regular, you know, Joe? Is there a way that we can minimize the pain of inflation? Can we talk about that? Sure. Fabulous. Jerry Boyer, The Maker versus the Taker is his book. He's going to join us continuing on. Before Bamboo HR, <laughs> I feel like crying just thinking about it. We were still handling everything via paper, and we literally had paper stacked. It was all in spreadsheets and like folders. From the moment I started using it, I felt calmer. As soon as we started using the Bamboo like onboarding checklist, I mean, <laughs> it was extremely easy. Headcount, turnover, uh, years of service. Like, there's just so many different reports that I use at different points in time. I'm like totally set free to focus on the people, to focus on development, to focus focus on team dynamics. It's freeing me up to do more of the stuff that actually matters in HR, which is interacting with people, learning from them, and then building stuff for them. Everything is in this one place. I can't even imagine what it would be like without Bamboo HR. We're Bamboo HR, and we'd love to set you free to do great work. Come try our award-winning all-in-one HR software for free with no strings attached. Visit BambooHR.com HR for this free trial offer. That's BambooHR.com HR. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. 
Do you remember what was kept in a spring house? If you're an old timer, you know that a spring house was used for storing fresh cold milk. In 84 Pennsylvania, we have another kind of spring house. Our spring house is an old-fashioned country store filled with all kinds of old-time gifts, great country foods, and you guessed it, fresh cold milk. You see, the spring house in 84 is also a dairy farm where we milk our own cows, pasteurize and homogenize the milk, and sell it all through the store. We've had people tell us it has to be some special kind of gourmet milk. We don't add anything to the cow's diet or to the milk. It's just nature's purest, most perfect food, and we love the way our customers love it. We also make a chocolate milk you would think is a chocolate shake, an old-fashioned buttermilk that people drive miles to get, and a 40% heavy cream that's wonderful for luscious desserts. Our 2% and our skim are the greatest sellers. Come and try some Springhouse milk at the Springhouse in 84. Stop by Mattress Firm for summer Black Friday deals. Save up to $600 on select mattresses from top brands with queens starting at $149.99. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying purchase. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. As an adult, you probably don't think much about vaccines, but the truth is more adults than kids die every year from diseases that vaccines can prevent. Vaccines can prevent everything from flu to cancer. This is Dr. Bill Schaffner of the National Foundation for Infectious Diseases. Vaccines are recommended throughout our lives to maintain our immunity. Staying up to date isn't as hard as you think. Visit adultvaccination.org for more information. That's adultvaccination.org. Cloudy and humid for tonight, a thunderstorm in spots late, low 67. Friday, clouds and sunshine, a passing shower, humid with a high for tomorrow, 77. Tomorrow night, partial clouds, a low 61. Saturday, clouds and some sun with a high, 81. Sunday, sunshine and clouds, high again, 81. And partly sunny Monday, with a high, 80. With the Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. We're talking with Jerry Boyer, economist. His podcast is called Host of the uh, Podcast um, Meeting of Minds. Meeting of Minds. And uh, his new book, The Maker Versus the Takers, What Jesus Really Said About Social Justice and Economics. Jerry delivering the uh, the bad news that the recession is here, right? Uh, bad news on the doorstep. So, Jerry, if the recession is here and you're, you know, like a lot of people living paycheck to paycheck and what you're saying is, you know, a long period ahead of mush and uh, just, you know, general malaise, uh, are there any tips to surviving all this? Sure. Um, but work, yeah, that's, a, that's a big one. Yeah, go to work. Go to work. Um, and so what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that the labor participation rate is quite low mm. uh, right now, which means that there are fewer, a, a lower percentage of Americans working than probably any other time, at least since we've been keeping data. Why is that? Um, well, part of it is age. Okay. Right. Part of it is, however, that um, there might be a shift in work ethic. Mm. Uh, and part of it is that there is the, the social safety net has become a little bit more of a hammock mm. <laughs> in some sense, you know, where you can get unemployment benefits extended and you can get other forms of aid. So people are, you know, are responding to incentives. So in many cases, if you get off government aid into the workforce, your after-tax income goes down. 
Really? Um, so that can be really, you know, a bad thing. Um, but, you know, I've been saying this for a couple of years. Let me repeat it. We have a labor shortage. This is the time to get a job. Get a job. Keep the job. Be the best at the job. Um, and get promoted in the job. Yeah. And don't let go. Um, and there's a lot of people, I, you know, I can think of people I gave advice to. They said, well, now's probably a time to go to school and get maybe often a useless degree. Well, that's a shame because the past three, four, five years, you could have been rising through the ranks because the best, at this point, the thing that increases your earnings the most is not a college degree. The thing that increases your earnings the most is working and doing a good job. Mm -hmm. That's how you get the increase. Now, I've got nothing against college, but uh, there's a lot of great jobs that don't require college, that don't require the debt, and we shy away from those. So I would say the the same thing still applies. Work, get a job, keep a job, work, work hard at it. I think we need to work on the work ethic. And I think the church can be kind of a a leader in this um, because the Bible says that filling the earth and subduing it is one of the reasons man was created. Hmm. Work is of the essence of human nature, according to the Bible. And I've often noticed sometimes in the Christian subculture, there's a tendency to deride work in favor of other things, you know, like making sure you're there every Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and you know, even making sure you never miss a little league game, et cetera. Yeah. Hey, little league games are great and church is great, but you know what? Work is really important. Yeah, show up. And we got to kind of show up, show up and work hard and be better so that when we have a recession and they say, I got to lay somebody else, they got to lay somebody off, be the last person on the list Fabulous. Good. that gets laid off. That's, that's, that's how you prepare for that. Work hard and be productive. Excellent. Another thing you can do is bargain hunt. You might have to shift your standard of living. So maybe you like Starbucks, and but Starbucks is, there's a big markup on Starbucks. Making your own coffee is actually pretty inexpensive. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take that long. I do a little coffee dance in the morning. Yeah. It takes me about 30 seconds, push the button, and it's an 80% markdown from Starbucks. Maybe you buy a cheaper brand of coffee because really, can you really tell the difference? No. I, I can't. No. So why do I do that? Instead of ground beef, instead of steak, maybe it's ground beef. Instead of ground beef, maybe it's ground turkey. Instead of ground turkey, maybe it's ground chicken. Uh, so, you know, do some bargain hunting. So some people will say, well, I, you know, I can't do anything. I'm fixed income. I can't work hard or I'm retired. Yeah. Are you so retired you can't start a garden? Mm-hmm. A garden is a really good inflation hedge in two ways. So what I did is I looked at the stuff that I like to buy at the store that I can grow that's expensive. I really like asparagus. Asparagus is a little pricey. Yeah. So I thought I'll buy asparagus. I really like spaghetti squash. Spaghetti squash, it's, it was a little pricey. I didn't quite like paying that price, so I grow it. I like some fancy mushrooms, you know, like not just like the white button mushrooms. Sure. Some other mushrooms are a little more expensive to buy, but they're not expensive to grow. So I'm growing those. You got to know what you're doing. So, you know, do some, plus it's like, it's like redemptive. I could sit there and watch Fox news, 9% inflation, 10% inflation, 100% inflation. You can just like raise your blood pressure or you can turn off the blooming box. Not this box. Of course, you can turn off the cable news box, get out in the sunlight and grow things. Mm -hmm. And if it turns out that asparagus prices go down so what that you grew some asparagus? You got sunshine and fresh air and a little exercise. Fabulous. So, you know, those are actual practical things. I'm doing them. Excellent. Um, so they're not impossible. And I'm a busy person. So anybody, almost anybody, except someone who's like maybe really aged or disabled, almost anyone can do those things. Very good. So I hear what you're saying. We've become a little, a little um, lazy, you think? 
I think there is a decline in the work ethic. Mm-hmm. I think it's a cultural wide thing. I think it is multi-generational. I've heard a lot of people who are older say, well, these young people today, they don't mm-hmm. want to work. Yeah. And then I look at the data on people age six, 60 to 70 and their labor participation rate is, is falling too. Mm. In fact, when we had the COVID shutdowns, what happened is a lot of 60-year-olds got out of the labor market and never came back in. Well, that was the great resignation, early, yeah? The great resignation. Sure. And it's not just young, lazy Zoomers who, were, who we can complain about them and their selfies and their rumble seats and <laughs> all their young people things that bother us. It's, sure. It is all the generations are participating in it. And there's a lot of early retirement. Mm-hmm. So frankly, look, I'm sick. I'm, I'm about to turn 60. Yeah. I don't plan to stop working in five years. That Good. is, in, Unless there's some health problem, that is inconceivable to me. There's no law that says you have to stop working at 65. You get bored, so, don't you? I would get bored sitting at home at 65. I agree. And if we've got a labor shortage and if there's inflation, it'll help you meet ends meet, help you make ends meet. So one of the things you can do to deal with inflation is raise your earnings. Yes. And one of the ways to raise your earnings is to get a second second job. Yes, you can get a second job or ask for overtime. Or if you're early retired, get unearly retired and come back in. Or if you're retired, you can still work a certain amount and not threaten your social security. So yeah, really the solution, the economic solution in the Bible is really clear. It always has been work hard, underspend. That has always been the biblical economic program. We just forgot it. And now we're living the consequences of that. Very good. Jerry Boy is with us. Hey, Jerry, um, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the pain at the pump, because it, it clearly is very real. Um, some of the oil companies released their earnings today. They were at record highs. Where's the disconnect? Because people say, well, you know, the barrel, right? The, 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 the price of a barrel of oil, $110, $125. I mean, I remember that. And it wasn't, you know, at 460 or 475 a gallon, but now it is. So is this price gouging by the big oil companies or are there other things in play? There's other things in play because everything is, is going up. So this is government monetary policy and supply disruptions. Um, so, I mean, I, I never understand the argument which tries to blame inflation on greed. Hmm. And the thing I don't get about that is, do you think that these corporations are only greedy sometimes? No. Right. I mean, when oil was $40 a barrel, weren't they greedy then? Yes. They were greedy then, but they couldn't sell oil for more than $40 a barrel. Hmm. Why? Because there was low demand and we didn't have inflationary policies yet. So, businesses charge as much as they can for a product and consumers pay as little as they can for a product. And when those two numbers overlap, it's called equilibrium and that can go up or go down. But if it's going up in general, that's because the dollar has lost its purchasing power, not because business has suddenly gotten greedy. I see. So, you know, um, when, 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 when you have deflation, what happens? Oil companies go bankrupt. Because we don't, because the price has gone down. So this this greed thing is really very selective. You know who's greed? You know when Reagan debated Jimmy Carter, he said uh, Carter says the that we have inflation in 1980, obviously, yeah. because the gov- because the people are living too well, we're, we're spending too much, uh, or corporate greed. He mentioned that as well. Reagan said no, we have inflation because the government is living too well. Hmm. The government prints money so that it has money so that it can spend money. That's why we have inflation. The ruling class, but by the way, it's not just government. The, the big New York City, New York money center banks, they run the plumbing. 
like the government doesn't run the plumbing on that money. You know, you know they they essentially have the Fed, which is under their control. Sure. But the but the banking system kind of runs the system for them. They outsource the quantitative easing and all that. They don't do it themselves. They use BlackRock, for instance, to do that. So they're so they are running the plumbing system. So the ruling class, government branch and high finance branch, they're the beneficiaries of this. So it's not corporate greed in general. It's essentially bad government policy. I see. But it is corporate greed to some degree. I mean, right. I mean, people want to make as much money as possible. So that's just how it is. Right. People want to make as much money as possible. The more competitive when we have sound money and competitive markets, then that is the that stops their greed. That puts a limit. They always want as much money as possible. Of course. But here's the thing. If you could wave a wand and you would pay 50 cents um, a, a, a gallon of gas, you would do that, right? Yes. I mean, you right. Are you greedy no. for wanting to so underpay them? Right. You want to pay deal. as little as you can, yeah. and they want to charge as much as they can. The point <laughs> isn't greed. Yeah. It, what, what Adam Smith pointed out a long time ago is that God created the world, providence created the world in a certain way so that when you don't have the government debasing the currency and choosing sides, that greed is like limited. The system limits greed. So they get too greedy and someone else comes in and says, well, I figured out a better way to refine oil. And then they come into the market and there's competition. You know, I mean, that's what John D. Rockefeller did. John D. Rockefeller came in and cut the price of oil 90%. So was that greed? No, that was the invisible hand of Providence using competition to drive things down. But when government basically favors like gigantic corporations over everybody else and they keep competition out, then the greed is enabled rather than restrained. I see. Very good. Hey, Jer, uh, our time's up. But before you leave us, talk to us about Meeting of Minds. I would imagine, you know, what you're doing here right now is in the same thing on your podcast. Yes, exactly. Same kind of same kind of topics. Well, really anything I want to talk about. That's the wonderful thing about the podcast. No one gave me, you know, so it doesn't have to be news. It can right. be ancient Greek. It can be Hebrew. It can be math. It can be economics. It's whatever I, whatever I want to talk about, which I really enjoy. Fabulous. Mostly it's about corporations and not their greed, but the way they become politicized. That's the thing. I'm not worried about corporations being greedy. Yeah. Their greed can be an incentive. I'm worried about them getting so hung up on politics that they want to take a bow. And so they go out and fight against the rights of the unborn so they can get credit, you know, from some, you know, from some left wing activists. That's mainly what I'm concerned about. Corporations choosing the wrong side in a culture war is kind of my main focus right now. Very good. Jer, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for being with us. It's really interesting what you present to us. You do excellent work. So thank you so much. Thank you. Take care, buddy. You as well. Jerry Boyer, podcast, Meeting of Minds. The book is called The Maker Versus the Takers, What Jesus Really Said About Social Justice and Economics. 101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Are you equipped to defend your faith in the last days? The Bible tells us very clearly, in the last days men shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. And so the book of Jude has been written as a call to action for soldiers of the cross to be defenders of the faith. Hear Adrian Rogers' series, Handbook for Survival, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses. 
watching your hard-earned dollars just flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MetaShare has a new option called MetaShare 65+. Plus. MetaShare is a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills, and it really is a community. People encourage and pray for each other. And MetaShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B that fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. It's great for peace of mind. And you can use your Medicare-approved doctor and get prescription savings, dental and vision savings, very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're great to talk to on the phone. Here's the number. Call 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55. The word around town is that Pittsburgh homeowners are choosing doing it right when it comes to their roofing, siding, and remodeling projects. That's because since 1984, doing it right roofing, siding, remodeling continues to set the bar through clear communication, and an installation that's second to none. Doing It Right employs only the most experienced professionals to install and oversee your project. They'll stop at nothing to ensure your satisfaction. Doing business honestly, taking no money down and no payment until the job is complete. Doing It Right will ensure all work is installed to the industry's highest standards, then back it all up with their lifetime workmanship warranty. As a prestigious multi-award winning Owens Corning Platinum Contractor, as well as a VSI certified installation contractor, you can't go wrong with Doing It Right. Mention Johnny Cathy for a discount off your estimate. Call 724-NEW-ROOF for a free project evaluation or visit roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. This radio commercial was made to convince you to stop speeding. We can't use siren sound effects on the radio, so we'll use other equally jarring sound effects to get your attention. Like telling you that whether you drive a little over the speed limit or a lot, you can crash just the same. You could hurt yourself or worse, others. I'm at the scene of the collision. And the damage you cause will be beyond repair. See, we didn't have to use crash or siren sounds after all. Speeding catches up with you. Brought to you by NHTSA. Just talking over the weekend about amends. How do you make amends in your life? It's it's not something I, I, I... I thought about as a, as a young guy, you know, when you're a teenager, you're, you're even in your twenties. If you screwed up, you just kind of like, eh, that's just how it is. But you know, as you get older and you get a little more wisdom, you see you're screwing up. And especially, I, you know, of course, when you're married and when you have kids, it's so important to make to make amends, right? I mean, uh, take it a fir- step further. In your confession, in your confession time before God, before the Lord Jesus, I need to make amends because every day I just, for a long time, I, it, it, the last thing I'm doing at, at nighttime is to review my day, right? To review your day and to look at the things that were positive and to give gratitude and to look at the things that were not so positive and to make amends. First to the Lord, and then hopefully as the next day comes upon you, or even as it happens, to say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I just, you know, I, I, I screwed that up, or I, I didn't mean to, be, I do, I did, I did, maybe I did mean to do it, but I did it anyway. I'm sorry. 
it's a bedrock, I believe, of so many spiritual practices to see your failings, to see your weaknesses, and not to sort of like, you know, self-flagellate, although there's something to be said about that in some ways as well. But, you know, to see your weaknesses and to say immediately, forgive me. I need to do that. I really do. I th- and the portion of that is, that is so true is your prayer life. Where are you in your prayer life? I mean, I, th- I think about this often. The strength of your prayer life, I believe, determines the strength of where you are in the physical world. Those two things go hand in hand. And if we don't have the one, right, the strength of our prayer life, then, of course, you know that, right? I'm not telling you something you don't already know. Then you see the, the fruits of that or the lack thereof in your in your physical life. So the amendment, the prayer, I am so sorry. Please forgive me and then move forward from that. Did you know that when you buy a mattress from a retail store, that mattress is being sold for the second time? What do I mean? Well, the manufacturer sells the mattress to the retailer, who in turn sells it to you with costs and markups for both parties. This is Greg Trzynski, and at the Original Mattress Factory, we have our own factory right here at our store. So the mattress you buy is being sold for the first and only time. That's why our prices are hundreds less than the mainstream brands. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. With a new college semester right around the corner, your student might need a new mattress for their apartment or dorm. At the Original Mattress Factory, we hand-build twin extra-long mattresses and box springs that are commonly used in college dorms. In fact, we offer twin extra-long mattresses in a variety of models to match every budget and comfort preference. And we can deliver to anywhere in the U.S., including colleges and universities. Visit OriginalMattress.com or an Original Mattress Factory store near you to learn more. I think what excites them the most is that their children are happy. Carabelle. Principal at Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon. When the children come into school, they love it. And oftentimes, they're super excited when they leave because they don't want to leave. You know, it's always, bye, Mrs. Bell, see you tomorrow. I mean, they're just always happy. And I think that makes parents happy. You want to see your children have a passion for education. We want them to enjoy learning. Imagine, believe, achieve. Jubilee Christian School, K-7th through grade. Now enrolling for the fall at jubileecs.org. If a super flexible schedule, great benefits, paid time off, and a signing bonus sound good, consider NAMS Transportation. NAMS has provided safe transportation to Northern Allegheny County and Pittsburgh seniors for over 40 years. Van drivers start at $17 an hour, sedan drivers at $14 an hour, plus a $2,000 signing bonus for part-time drivers and a $4,000 signing bonus for full-time. Must be 25 or older, no CDL required. Call 412-406-8611 today. We tried Dynavite for gut health and immune support, and after a couple of weeks, our little gizmo was acting like a puppy again. His coat was shinier, he had a lot less scratching and shedding, and he seemed like his happy old self. My dog smelled and scratched constantly. We bathed and sprayed her, took her to the vet, but no results. Now, a little Dynavite in her food helps Bella keep her beautiful coat with no scratching or smell. Get 10% off your next order of Dynavite nutritional supplements for dogs at Dynavite.com. Happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million pets helped with Dynavite. This is Pastor Tom Hall. People are capable of such goodness. So why are we at war with each other? It turns out the Christian faith is completely realistic about human nature. Faith gives us the tools to examine ourselves and imagine a better future. Join us for worship at First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, 326th Avenue, downtown, Sundays at 1045, for our sermon series, What's Wrong With Us? Learn more at fpcp.org. 
Hey, Monday is August 1st. <sighs> How does that sit with you? It doesn't sit well with me. I mean, the summer's... <laughs> I, okay. Anyway, <laughs> it's going fast. July 16th, or August 16th. Yeah, there I am, stuck in the past. August 16th is our uh, second annual uh, Gateway Clipper Cruise. If you've not yet signed up, I would encourage you to do so because they're going to close registration here soon. Uh, here's the deal. It's a blast. It's a great meal. We had a wonderful time last year, and uh, they've expanded the uh, the size of the boat. So I guess this is a boat. It's a boat. Really what it is is a barge with like a, a platform on top of it, but it feels like a boat. And, and you're on the rivers, and it's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, fabulous evening. I look forward to being out there with you, hopefully, and uh, watching the sunset and cruising in a late summer eve, uh, 45 bucks per ticket. Now, look, you might say, 45 bucks? Holy smokes. Look, it's a date night. How often are you doing this? Treat your sweetie to someplace nice and come out and join us. Have yourself a nice meal and then two and a half hours on the river. So less than 100 bucks, you're going to have a really great night. And dare I say, it's romantic. I mean, I'm not, I'm not the one who's romantic. But, you know, you and your sweetie, it's romantic. So join us, wordfm.com, August 16th, second annual date night aboard the Gateway Clipper. Very nice, wordfm.com. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Segments.com. SRN News, I'm Greg Clugston in Washington. Heavy rains have caused, caused flash flooding and mudslides as storms pound parts of central Appalachia. Flood victims are speaking out on the matter. Kentucky's governor says at least three people have died from flooding. Hundreds are losing their homes. The family of detained American Paul Whelan welcomes the news that the U.S. government is working to bring him home from Russia. Yesterday, the State Department announced that Washington had offered Moscow a deal that would bring home Whalen as well as WNBA player Brittany Griner. GOP lawmakers are reacting to Senator Joe Manchin's change of heart that now has him supporting a massive tax and spend bill. The top Republican in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, says it's a bill that would raise taxes and kill jobs. The U.S. economy shrank by nine-tenths of one percent in the second quarter. This is SRN News. My brother-in-law died suddenly. And now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call Select Quote at 1-800-928-3355. That's 1-800-928-3355. Or go to SelectQuote.com. 1-800-928-3355. That's 1-800-928-3355. Select Quote. We shop. You save. 
Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. My is having their biggest sheet sale of the year. Hey, this is John Hall. You've all helped build MyPillow into this amazing company. And now, Mike Glendell, inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. The Percale bedsheet set is available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they're all on sale. For example, the queen size is regularly priced at $89.98, but is now only $39.98 with our listener promo code. Order now, because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale sheets are breathable, have a cool, crisp feel. These come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use the promo code WORD. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. When it comes to your child's education, do you feel like you have a partner in your current school? Or is it more like you're on your own? As you look ahead to next year, now's a perfect time to consider a quality Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many of our area's finest Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Robinson Township Christian School. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com tuitions. It's a very common fear to have a fear of the dentist. There's a reason patients love Dr. Megan Stock, voted Pittsburgh Trib's best of the best dentist in northern Allegheny County for the second year in a row. I feel particularly drawn to making sure that all patients are at ease. That extra gentle touch, the extra nudge to tell them it's okay, we'll get through this together. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. Stock Family Dentistry, Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Cloudy and humid for tonight, a thunderstorm in spots late, low 67. Friday, clouds and sunshine, a passing shower, humid with a high for tomorrow, 77. Tomorrow night, partial clouds, a low 61. Saturday, clouds and some sun with a high, 81. Sunday, sunshine and clouds, high again, 81. And partly sunny Monday with a high, 80. With your Rocky Weather Forecast, I'm Andy Robb. Portions of the following program have been pre-recorded. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmett. Oh, no, I'm here. Live and local. Nope. I'm still breathing. The heart's still ticking. Uh, Kath's off today. She, she is suffering through... Kath gets this vertigo. Um, have you ever had vertigo? I mean, holy smokes. It just crushes her. I've had I've had it, but nothing like calf gets. And you get a little nauseous, and of course, your vertigo. You're I mean, bumping into walls, walking sideways. So, prayers for calf. Uh, she went and did a little spin today on the chair where they put their crystals up, and so hopefully she'll be back and up and running at some point. Hey, Alan Jackson's going to join us here in just a break uh, after the after the break here. Don't miss Alan Jackson. I look forward to this conversation. Um, Alan Jackson Ministries every day here in Word FM from 9.30 a.m. until 10. Fabulous. And uh, really looking forward to that. Hey, last night I um I did the Netflix thing. We, have you done this on Netflix where, you know, it's kind of like the random play? I don't know what it's called, like Surprise Me or something like that. What's up next? So I did that. Like, you know, and then you engage for like, for me, 
two minutes, five minutes, and you go, no, that's not right. And, and hit the next button again, and it goes into something else. I, I did something last night where I started, I bet you I watched something maybe 15 minutes. I saw something, an image that's been in my head that I can't shake, that I thought about multiple times today. And I thought, I'll never do that again. That was not a good thing. It's, I think it speaks to the corrosiveness of where we are in society and pornography and violence and how we just kind of accept it. We've rolled over to it and, and just gone, oh, that's just how it is. It's how things are. It's not how things are, really. If I fall into that stuff, that is bad darkness. I'm seriously, and I think our society, if I'm doing that on Netflix, then you know it's everywhere. Anyway. Just thinking about the world and the state that we live in. Okay, well, we're going to step away for just a minute. When we do come back, very excited. Pastor Alan Jackson, Alan Jackson Ministries, you hear it on, here on Word FM, and uh, looking forward to this. So stay with us, won't you please? It's uh, Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. This is The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Sans Kath today. It's 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. This is an important notice to consumers facing $10,000 or more in credit card debt, medical bills, or other unsecured debt. You're not required to pay it all back because there are special programs now in effect that will significantly reduce the amount you will owe if you qualify. This is not bankruptcy or a debt consolidation loan. These programs, which the credit card companies like to keep secret, exist to aid American consumers struggling with overwhelming credit card debt by offering tremendous savings and real debt relief. Accredited Debt Relief has established a special hotline for you to call and learn what savings you qualify for. They've helped qualify consumers with over a billion dollars in debt and are A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. So don't wait. Get the relief you need during these hard economic times. For this free information, call the Accredited Debt Relief Hotline now. Call 800-786-2300. 800-786-2300. That's 800-786-2300. The word around town is that Pittsburgh homeowners are choosing doing it right when it comes to their roofing, siding, and remodeling projects. That's because since 1984, doing it right, roofing, siding, remodeling continues to set the bar through clear communication and an installation that's second to none. Doing It Right employs only the most experienced professionals to install and oversee your project. They'll stop at nothing to ensure your satisfaction, doing business honestly, taking no money down and no payment until the job is complete. Doing It Right will ensure that all work is installed to the industry's highest standards, then back it all up with their lifetime workmanship warranty. As a prestigious, multi-award-winning Owens Corning Platinum Contractor, as well as a VSI-certified installation contractor, you can't go wrong with doing it right. Mention John and Kathy for a discount off your estimate. Call 724-NEW-ROOF for a free project evaluation or visit roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. Want it done right? Call Doing It Right. Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. Of course I use Mr. Clean Magic Eraser to clean tough messes off my stovetop and bathtub. But then I discovered I can also use it to easily clean my patio furniture and even my shoes. I'm hooked. And when wipes won't cut it, I use Magic Eraser Sheets. They're thin and flexible erasers, perfect for everyday messes, like gunk on my counters and sinks. They really are magical. The reviews are in. Mr. Clean Magic Eraser and Sheets make cleaning look easy. Hey, 
Hey, we live in a really weird, uh, topsy-turvy times. There's no doubt about that, right? If you're living and breathing in this year, uh, it just seems like things are out of control. Well, Pastor Alan Jackson is with us. You may hear Alan Jackson Ministries that airs every Monday through Friday from 9.30 to 10 a.m. here at Word FM. He's got a brand new book that drops in late August called Big Trouble Ahead, A Real Plan for Flourishing in a Time of Fear and Deception. Pastor, welcome to the show. It's good to be with you, John. Thank you. So the pleasure truly is ours. Now, Pastor, you talk about this crazy time that we're living in, and you go back in big trouble ahead to Easter service in 2020, and you had this realization. Please tell us this story. Yeah, it was really a watershed weekend for me. You know, I've been a pastor for a long time, and I have often boasted that we would never close the church. You know, I live in the South. And if it snows in Ohio, we close our schools here in Nashville. <laughs> and so I have often stood up and said, you know, it doesn't matter what weather comes through, we will have church. And I had always imagined that to be true. And yeah. that weekend, Easter weekend, the building was empty because of COVID. Mm. And I've got a photograph. I'm standing there in my suit and tie. I wasn't clever enough, though. Everybody watching me at home was sitting on their sofa in their pajamas. I'm still in full uniform. Wow. And I realized when I saw that photograph that the world had changed so dramatically. And from that day until this, I feel like we've been walking a different path. But it's not one that's frightening. It's it's really, I think, one that's an awakening. God is calling us to a better future. Mm-hmm. The path we were on had been forfeiting our influence. We'd seen our faith taken out of the schools and taken off college campuses and taken out of the hospitals and the courtrooms and so many other places. And now I think we're awake to what was going on in such a new way that we are engaging our culture far more effectively. I so agree. So rather than as a dark time, I think it's a time of tremendous opportunity. Fabulous. Okay, so that's really I think that's really exactly what happened here. But isn't it weird, you know, you think about us as believers and you're reading your Bible, how, how the heck were we caught so off guard knowing that it was here amongst us, but we just weren't equipped to deal with this? Well, on that point, I I find some good company, I think. You know, Jesus told the disciples over and over again, when we get to Jerusalem, these are the things that are going to happen. I'm going to be betrayed, arrested, I'm going to suffer greatly, I'm going to be crucified. And yet when those events started to unfold, they freaked out like they'd never thought of the possibility that those things could happen. And it wasn't unique to their generation, nor to ours. Sometimes I think we have to be awakened. And it, it took a pretty good jolt to get us out. We, we had been worshiping over the altars of comfort and convenience. And I think now we're focused a little bit more on what it means to serve the Lord. Yeah. And that that's going to bear some good fruit. It's not an easy time, and it's requiring us to stand up in some new ways. We're going to have to go back into our schools with our faith. We're going to have to take our Judeo-Christian worldview back into the marketplace. They told us to take it out of the corporate setting. It wasn't welcome. And then we watched them introduce you know, gender confusion into the corporate workplace. Well, if you're going to take an ungodly worldview in there, I'm going to bring my godly worldview right back. Mm -hmm. It's going to take a little different response than we've had before, but I believe we'll see some God-directed outcomes. 
I, I agree with this. Now, Pastor, I think oftentimes the problem is that we as believers, our response has been unchristlike, right? We get angry. We point fingers. We, we are just fussy. And then the culture sees that and they go, well, there's no Jesus there. I mean, you know, they're preaching to us peace and, and grace and forgiveness and all this, but I don't see it from the, from the believers of Jesus. That's I think that's true. Don't you believe? Well, I think there's a couple of components to that. I don't believe the problems that are plaguing our culture right now are because of the depravity of the wicked. I believe they're fundamentally because of the indifference of the faithful. Mm-hmm. We have not been salt and light, so it, isn't, it shouldn't be stunning to us that people are stumbling in the dark. But having said that, I think the Church has been a little misled into imagining that love equals acceptance. Yeah. And we're, we, love is about the truth. If you go to the doctor and the doctor recognizes that you have a serious problem, but he doesn't want to give you bad news. He's not a good doctor. They're a quack. And the Church has an assignment to speak the truth into our culture. Now, we can do it with kindness and and love. Looking through the windows of the Church, being angry at the people on the outside is just nuts. (laughs) It's not their fault. It's ours. And that's being expressed in so many ways. The the things that are being taught in our schools have been being taught for decades. Yep. We were so distracted, we weren't paying any attention until COVID came along, and the parents got to watch over the shoulders of the kids what was going on on the computer screen, and we're shocked that such a thing could be happening. And it's been in place for a long time. Mm-hmm. We sacrificed 60 million of our children on the altars of convenience. This is not something new. This did not creep up on us overnight. We were distracted. So I think what this begins in the hearts of the church, not being angry at someone else, having the humility to repent and say, on our watch, we have taken our eyes off the objective. But with the grace of God, he's awakening us, and we're going to begin to bring our faith back into the public square. It's an opportunity. Excellent. So there is the worldview, which I believe most Christians and churches as well have embraced the worldview, and we've stepped away from the biblical worldview. Can you talk about those two arenas, the worldview and the biblical worldview, and how we've done a poor job staying true to the biblical worldview? Well, you know, I grew up in a barn in Tennessee, so I have to keep things pretty simple. And the worldview for me is the filter through which you see life. It's the the assumptions you make. It's the principles that you hold to be foundational. And we all choose those filters. As a Christ follower, we're called to have a biblical worldview. Jesus is Lord of our lives. So it isn't just about how I feel or what I think. It's what he said to me. When the Bible says God created the male and female, those are the options. He didn't ask me for six more categories. Yes was God's idea. He didn't look to me and ask me to redefine it. And so a biblical worldview comes to us not based on my opinions, but out of the fact that I have submitted myself to the lordship of Jesus of Nazareth and to the authority of the Word of God. And for the Christ follower, we're learning to see the world through that filter. Now, there's a lot of talk about prophecy, and prophecy is not so much future-telling. It's not anticipating what's going to happen next month. Biblically, prophecy is about God's perspective on what's happening in the world today. How does God see us? 
And I think that's where the awakening is coming. God's people are being awakened to a biblical worldview again and recognizing that we had drifted a long way away from what it means to be God's people. But it's not unique to our generation. That story has happened over and over and over again, both in Scripture and in the history of the church. Yes. The good news is God will help us back. We're talking with Pastor Alan Jackson. His brand new book releases in late August. It's called Big Trouble Ahead, a real plan for flourishing in a time of fear and deception. Pastor, can you talk about that, uh, about these these leaks in our society, which have infected, I'm sure, my family, your family, anybody who's listening right now, we've allowed pagan practices to come into our lives, haven't we? We have. And it's happened incrementally. So it's almost happened. We were unaware. It's almost as if we were asleep. But, you know, the, the Bible, Jesus told us in Matthew 24 and Luke 21, you know, he told us that there would be lawlessness and violence and so many of the things that we see happening. Nothing that's taking place in our culture around us has caught, caught God unaware. It's just caught us off guard. And so if we can change our focus from imagining that our future was secured by the strength of the dollar or a robust economy and understanding that our future is really secured by our relationship with Almighty God. Yes. You know, he's demonstrated that before. When he needed to, he fed his people with manna. And if it comes down to it, he'll feed us with manna. Hmm. He'll take care of us. But we've imagined that we were self-sufficient, and we treated God as if he were just kind of a convenient option in our lives, like an upgraded stereo in our new car. Mm-hmm. We've got to come back to putting God at the center of our lives. It's in Him that we live and we move and we have our being. And we've got to submit our dreams to Him, our lives to Him, our futures to Him. If we will do that, I believe there will be a sense of tremendous anticipation and a lessening of the anxiety. So... The prescription for this. Now, look, when I go to my church, I'm very careful not to engage in political talk, right? To me, that's that's poison for a lot of people. But I do see this. You see this in Christendom, that there are camps of, you know, red believers and blue believers. And politics has, you know, sort of cast a shadow of over our relationship with Jesus. How do we eradicate that and come back to exactly what you're saying, the truth of Christ in our life, and surrender in humility to Jesus? That's a very, very good question and an important question. And to be completely candid, I've spent my life in the church, but I have to say I think we've been cowards. We have wanted to avoid the cultural debate or the cultural discussion. And we've hidden largely behind that statement that we don't want to mix church and politics. I would submit to you that what's happening in our world is not political, that the church has not only an opportunity, we have an obligation to talk about current events. I can't tell you how many classes or small groups I have been in where we spent time discussing the social customs of biblical times, whether it was the Hebrew Bible or the New Testament. We wanted to understand what the cultural norms were so we could understand our faith better. Well, our faith has to be relevant based on our current culture as well. And we have to have the courage to bring a biblical worldview into the discussion in the context of current events. 
And we can't hide behind the political label. This isn't about political parties or candidates. Our, our salvation is not going to come with the candidate of our preference. No. We have a Savior. That job's already been filled. Our assignment is to bring the worldview, the attitude of our Savior into all the world. I would be delighted if all the candidates held the Judeo-Christian worldview and honored Jesus of Nazareth as Lord Christ and King. But between here and there, we've got to be willing to talk about what God has to say about the world in which we live. I'm pretty certain John the Baptist could have lived a longer life if he hadn't talked about current events when he was ministering. <laughs> Amen, yes. Yeah. And we're going to have to have a little bit more courage. If you want to understand the, the culture of the first century, let's maybe talk about the culture of the 21st century and what it means to be an ambassador for Jesus here. Mm-hmm. So then, Pastor, what does that look like? I mean, how do you talk about the culture and do so clearly, define what the culture is first and foremost. I mean, we see, you talked about this early on. I mean, you know, pronouns, the insanity of all that whole thing, the gender fluidity and everything, what our kids are being taught in school. How how do you respond to this crazy threat of immorality, which is surrounding the church, and be that person who speaks of politics in the church, and at the same time, try to find the truth of Christ within that, in your own family, and out across the street with your neighbors as well. Well, yeah, those are really important questions. And I, I, I would keep coming back. To, to me, it isn't political. I'm not advocating for a candidate or a party. I'm advocating for something else. When, when fear seizes our culture and they tell us to go home for two weeks and flatten the curve, And then they move it to six weeks and 90 days and six months and four vaccinations and six boosters and stand on your left foot and put your right foot in and right foot out. Um, The the truth is we're not following the science anymore because science is the same in Tennessee or California or Pennsylvania. Science doesn't change from state to state to state. And the, the people that we're serving are trying to sort this out. If this had been a truly a pandemic that was going to threaten millions of people in our nation, we could not, as a church, have sheltered in place. We would have had to gone out and served the sick. That's our assignment. So bringing our faith to bear on current events, it isn't always just the moral issues or the sexual practices of our culture. Lawlessness is really an expression of rebellion. Our refusal to enforce our own laws in our nation, whether it's a border or a sanctuary city, is an expression of rebellion. And if we are rebelling at that level, we'll rebel against God as well. When the Supreme Court redefines marriage, God didn't redefine marriage. I respect their right to their opinion. I didn't pick it in front of the court. But I didn't change the practice of my faith to accommodate the Supreme Court. And the Church has got to have the courage to provide the leadership to the people that we're serving. Now, the really difficult place is to bring that conversation to our kitchen table and talk to one another about God's truth in the context of our lives or to take it into the marketplace, because we'll we'll probably lose some business deals or lose some opportunities or be excluded from some parties that we'd like to be included in. (laughs) But if the Lord is pleased with me, I'll be okay with being left off somebody else's invitation list. Yes. So then, Pastor, nuts and bolts. What does that look like for you and for your family? 
how do we go about this? What's the what's the prescription to be true and faithful in these crazy times? Well, it's pretty simple for me. It means I get my Bible out every day now and read it. Like it's as important to me as taking my vitamins. I take time every day to pray and ask God for his wisdom because I have to keep my attention focused on him or I will get frightened. Mm-hmm. It means I routinely open the door of my home and invite people into it and talk about our faith and what's it mean. How are you doing business in the middle of this? How are you working this out with employees? What's it look like to to honor God in the midst of this confusion? Um, where do we find truth in a time when censorship and propaganda are so abundant around us? What's it look like to navigate a future when we don't really trust any longer the CDC or the FBI or the Department of Justice? I talk about it with my friends. And then we get down on our knees and we pray about it and say, God, forgive us. We've imagined that we could secure our future and we really didn't care about you. And I believe God is waking us up to our true condition And the only way to navigate to a better place is to acknowledge where you are and understand the steps we need to take. And I think God is doing that. We've baptized more people in the last six months than in any similar period in the history of our congregation. Fabulous. We've baptized people from more than 25 states, Hmm. and I've never seen that happen. Hmm. So God is moving in the most extraordinary ways. But we've got to stay humble enough to choose to cooperate with him. So even amidst all this trouble, all this tribulation, the odd times we're leaving, I know this to be true. Of course, we know and love Jesus. I'm optimistic about the future. One day our place will be in heaven. But time is short, right? I mean, we've got 60 years, 70 years, 80 years, if we're fortunate or so, right? Time is short, so use our time well while we're here. That's true. We are creatures of eternity, but we're given a brief period of time under the sun. And it isn't something that's frightening to me. I want to use that brief period of time for the maximum opportunity for the kingdom. And I I think rather than imagine your life as something that's being spent or slipping past you, it's like this thing, it's something that's been entrusted to me. And every season of life, there's an opportunity to honor the Lord. If you're single, honor the Lord in that season. You'll never regret it. If you're newly married, honor the Lord in that season. You won't regret it. If you're a new parent, your life's really busy and crowded and lots of demands upon you. But honor the Lord in that season. If you're retired and you have more free time, at some point, don't simply make it about self-indulgence. Make it about honoring the Lord. There's an excuse at every life stage to put myself in front of the kingdom of God. You can do it when you're young and single. You can do it when you're old and retired. But the reality is we all want to put God at the forefront and do our best to honor him. This is achievable. But the change has to come in the hearts of God's people, not in the hearts of those that we imagine are away from him. Pastor Alan Jackson His brand new work is called Big Trouble Ahead, a real plan for flourishing in a time of fear and deception. Pastor, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. It's a good word. We need to hear this every day. John, it's always good to talk to you. I thank God for what you're doing. You're making a difference. Thank you so much. You as well.
If you're considering protecting your retirement with gold or silver, listen up. Mark Davis here. One company I trust for this, Advantage Gold, the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. They are so passionate about teaching people how to own physical gold and silver. They've won the best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because they really educate their clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. Call 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Talk to one of their experts. They can send you a free gold kit along with a free copy of the Wall Street Journal National Bestseller, The Great Devaluation. Number again, 800-900-8000. Don't wait any longer. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value, all from Advantage Gold. 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Call Advantage Gold today. 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And And we're we're the the owners owners of South Coast Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accounts and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm who will treat you like family and not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-3156 for a free consultation, and we'll take the time to explain all of the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 836, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. And one way we can achieve that is by being debt-free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1-800-TAX-3156 and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-3156. What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, it's more than a team name. A warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. To learn as they cultivate academic excellence and a lifelong love of learning from kindergarten to senior year. And to lead through Christian character and integrity. Are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made at OurPCS.org. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, Lay the Word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Cloudy and humid for tonight, a thunderstorm in spots late, low 67 Friday. Clouds and sunshine, a passing shower, humid with the high for tomorrow, 77. Tomorrow night, partial clouds, a low 61. Saturday, clouds and some sun with a high, 81. Sunday, sunshine and clouds, high again, 81. And partly sunny Monday with a high, 80. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> Worcestershire sauce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Okay. I mean, you know, you're making like... Uh, what's, it, what, what's it make perfect sense for? A meatloaf. Okay. You know, as a binder. Mm. A uh, spice that sort of holds things together. Okay. Yeah, I, I would say it makes a good sense. Okay. <laughs> Christy's laughing. Uh-huh. She knows I'm in trouble here. Right. Why? It makes sense. Okay. Why, why wouldn't Worcestershire sauce make sense? Why? 
So that's your final answer? Yeah, it is. My okay. Sense. Yeah. I also think it oh. makes sense. <laughs> oh, boy. She was However. Okay. I thought I was following it only makes, trap it, here. It doesn't make general sense. Why? Because I'm not putting Worcestershire sauce on my anything. No. It's but it's great to put in things. Yeah. But who's putting it on stuff? People putting it on Eggs? their steak or their egg. People doing that? Because I don't think that makes sense. Well, I, I can't speak to the you know the, the complexities of why you would use it. I just know that it has its purpose, and it does have a particular. You, you did have a hard time landing on what that purpose was. Well, initially. I mean, like you know, I, again, I'm going back to the meatloaf because you <laughs> yeah. feel good because <laughs> you feel good about that. Yeah. Because a lot of things go into a meatloaf, right? Right, and, and you can add. <laughs> Since you don't make them, you're just guessing, of course. <laughs> I see it in the fridge. I know it's got its place. Okay. I rarely touch it. Uh-huh. If I'm grabbing the mustard, I But it's I there, go, isn't it? Oh, it's there. It's there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So therefore, for you, it makes sense. Makes perfect for sense. For me, I, I I like to put it in stuff. Yeah. But I am concerned about the people that are drizzling it on top of something. I'm not sure I know about that. Okay. All right. You so we're giving it, we're going to give it a hard pass, and we're saying yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, does this make sense? Polyester. Okay, now we oh, were... Oh, yeah. We were at the, the store. My kid was looking at his shirt, and he was like... This is such a re- oh I love this shirt and there's me you know with the wisdom I look at the tab 100% polyester I said to my kid listen you would like this shirt if you want to be a hot dog wrapped in saran wrap because <laughs> right, you're never going to be hotter in your life who's wearing a 100% polyester does not make sense to me oh, at mm, all no, see, I mean if no see polyester makes sense what it doesn't make any Here's sense the thing polyester now john has evolved into uh, a different option it doesn't breathe no it doesn't breathe you're right why Certainly, would you want that no you definitely you're I'm, right if you're if you're at all interested in airflow you don't want that and however there is some in some different nope, applications none. it has evolved nope. to a place where it's like feels kind of nice Mm-mm. kind might might be a nice you know I, very nice in carpeting if you want it in a bedroom don't 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 <laughs> put it on your steps it. No, you wearing wear, it. I think it has its place. No, I do not. Uh, 100%. I would never wear it. Polyester makes no sense. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month. A savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call SelectQuote at 1-800-928-3355. That's 1-800-928-3355. Or go to SelectQuote.com. 1-800-928-3355. That's 1-800-928-3355. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. If you're shopping for a mattress, you might find you're paying a lot more for free. Mattress retailers use free delivery, free frames, and free box springs to close the deal. What they don't tell you is that the price of those freebies is already built into the price of the mattress. What if you don't need a frame or delivery? Too bad. You're paying for it anyway. At the Original Mattress Factory, we don't need to make you pay more for free. You'll only pay for what you need. That is the Original Mattress Factory difference. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. 
Is your school a true partner in your child's education? They should be. Pittsburgh's Christian schools agree. If you're looking for a safe environment where kids can learn, challenge, and grow with highly qualified teachers who are not only caring but accessible, where academic excellence goes hand-in-hand with character development, consider Christian education. Right now, local Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees like Walnut Grove Christian School in West Mifflin. Visit wordfm.com slash tuitions. As a veteran media sales professional, a six-figure income is within your reach. I'm Andrew Pawaski, General Sales Manager of Word FM. Here at Salem Media Pittsburgh, we offer highly experienced sales and marketing professionals like you all the support and tools necessary to reach your earning potential through custom on-air campaigns, unique events, and over 50 social media and digital products. To learn more about our open position, please email me at andrew at salempittsburgh.com. Salem Media is an equal opportunity employer. Twenty-third Psalm. I think it's one of those prayers that people, Christians, most Christians, would be, uh, I think, able to recognize. Right? And you start to recite. I would say some people who aren't believers at all would recognize parts of it. Yeah. It's sort of that ubiquitous that made its way into the culture. Keith Anderson has made the 23rd Psalm uh, one of the focal points of his life, but he's really got an interesting story of growing up a kid and from an early age being introduced to darkness or recognizing the spirit world and then running in those circles for quite a while until a girl whispered. And uh, Heath, welcome to the show. Heath is the uh, chief of staff for the relief organization Convoy of Hope, and uh, happy to have you with us. Got a brand new book out as well called Grace in the Valley, Awakening to God's Presence When He Feels Far Away. Heath, uh, welcome to Word FM. Hey, thank you. It's great to be with you. Thank you. Heath, you write that the spiritual world was real to you even when you were a kid because of your engagement with the occult. Can you talk about that yeah. for us? Yes, absolutely. You know, as a child, I was introduced to um, occultic practices by those closest to me. And uh, so as an elementary kid, you know, candidly, I I remember what it is like to look at a chair and watch it float, uh, move across a floor, uh, to watch candles float off of coffee tables. And so though I had no religion, I had no idea who Jesus was, let alone the gospel, I knew that what you don't see is much more real than anything we do see. And, uh, you know, candidly, that experiment with the occult led me down a road uh, where I found myself steeped in immense darkness. Heath, I don't, I don't want to investigate too much of your personal life, but you said that you were introduced to the occult by people closest to you. Can you tell us a little bit about how that happened? Yeah, um, you know, uh, without going into t- too much detail, simply because I continue to pray for those people. Um, yeah, uh, family members, uh, actually. What what began as just mere curiosity literally turned into a lifestyle of deep occultic practices. And, um, you know, that led into a variety of things where even as, as an elementary student, um, you know, I began to experiment with drugs, uh, alcohol, or and, and other things. But, um, yeah, the, the spiritual world, uh, what started out as a hobby in many ways, became a prison for myself as well as some of uh, those closest to me and my family. 
So he, for a lot of people, you know, you would tell your story. I'm sure you've told your story to people who are not believers, but people would laugh at that, wouldn't they? They would find, oh, the, the idea of uh, <laughs> darkness, you know, ridiculous or spiritual yeah. life even odd. But I, I yeah. believe, and I think you as well, that once that door is open into the occult, it's a door that's easily fallen into and changed your life forever. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, I, I want to be clear that to become fascinated with things we don't see, you know, is foolish. Scripture tells us that we should fix our eyes, not on angels or demons, but we fix our eyes on Jesus. And at the end of the day, when we gaze into the eyes of God, it is there where we catch a true reflection, not of who we pretend to be or who people perceive us to be, but who God created us to be. Uh, we should not be fascinated with those things. However, I want to be clear as well that to deny their reality is equally as foolish. Uh, all throughout Scripture, there is quite a bit of teaching about angels, demons, the spirit world, and um, and again, what we do not see is much more real than anything we do see. A good friend of mine is getting his PhD from Oxford. He was discussing with a few of his professors. They asked him this question. Why is it, and my friend lives in Burkina Faso, why is it in Africa you see so many demonstrations of the spiritual world, but in the modern world we don't see it? And my friend responded uh, candidly, but um, in my opinion, very accurately. He said, you know, in third world countries, you believe our devils have tails and pitchforks. But in the modern world, remember, your devils uh, carry briefcases and wear ties. What is he saying? He's saying that the spiritual world often masquerades um, in, in a way that does not appear to be spiritual, but nonetheless, it is very accurate. And Jesus did have quite a bit to say about the spiritual world. Yes. Heath, I often think that each one of our personalities, um, there are good sides to our personalities that help us in a spiritual sense, and there are other sides to our personalities that hurt us. But, you know, it's just kind of you, you take the bad with the good. I mean, the the bad thing that you focused on is that you were interested in the occult from an early age. But that spiritual fascination that you had also ended up being a good thing, because even when you were immersed in the occult, you said you kept asking people about God. Yes, absolutely. You know, Solomon wrote uh, in Scripture that eternity is written on the hearts of men, and I will add women. We know that Blaise Pascal is right. There is a God-shaped hole in the heart of humanity. God has written his word on our hearts. Um, And even though we may not know the name Jesus, even though we may not know the truth, remember truth is not a concept or a religion. Truth is a person, and truth's name is Jesus Christ, uh, we know that deep down within every human being is a longing for the one who created them. And um, although I did have a fascination with the spiritual world, I knew that the truth just had to be out there. So I remember asking friends at school, on the basketball court, strangers at the park, family members, hey, what is the true religion? How do you know what what really is uh, the right way to believe? And so I studied, I looked far and wide, and uh, fortunately, um, not only was I looking for truth, but truth all along was looking for me, and I'm thankful that at the age of 17, truth found me. So tell us that story, because, you know, in the story that you wrote in Christianity Today, it's in the back page. Her prayers helped pull me out of darkness. You tell the story of a young girl hearing a whisper, and that whisper changed your life as well as hers. 
Yes, you know, some of the loudest voices have no volume. And so it was in eighth grade. I remember in eighth grade I took a break from the occult. Um, I actually started attending a few religious classes, and um, I even took a break from some of the substances I was abusing. On the outside, I looked like a, a moral young man. I got good grades. I played sports. I was a cool kid at school. I dressed nicely. Uh, but again, uh, Tim Keller is right. Jesus did not come to turn bad people into good people. Mm -hmm. He came to make spiritually dead people come alive. And although on the outside I looked like I had it together, I was spiritually dead. And in eighth grade, a young a young girl was walking down the hallway, and she sensed a nudge, a whisper in her heart. Was it an audible voice? No. But remember, even when God speaks or whispers, it thunders, even if there's no volume. And, and this subtle whisper in her heart seemed to say something along these lines. Pray for that young man. I have a call on his life. You're going to marry him. And little did she know and little did I know that during the, the time in eighth grade, we became good friends. She grew up in a church home. Um, I didn't. Uh, she was not living a life completely committed to Christ, but she, she was familiar with him. When we went uh, to different high schools, we parted ways. She took a very different road than I did. But her and her mom began to pray for me because of that subtle whisper in her heart uh, for about three and a half years they prayed and at times even interceded for me uh, I went to a different high school I went down a different road I became addicted to numerous drugs I was a very mean violent person the occult once again opened up to me and uh, without going into detail I, I experienced things that I will never share publicly they're too sensational but I came to a place at the age of 17 when in my physics high school class, um, I was tripping on a drug called LSD and I was hallucinating. And I remember my physics partner, whose dad was a volunteer youth leader at a little church, uh, he invited me to, uh, to church and I actually went. And uh, believe it or not, I left that church service and thought everybody was crazy. I thought, how in the world can someone <laughs> open up a Bible and, and you know, uh, read like it's true? Um, but Again, truth is a person, and no one comes to the Father, the Bible says, unless the Spirit draws them. And although I left and swore I will never go back, I'm thankful uh, sincerely that God never gives up on us. And for a few weeks, as I continued to abuse drugs and, and was very steeped in the occult and very dark things, um, I had a moment that forever changed my life. It was a Sunday night. I was in my room. The effects of the drugs wore off. And I was alone, sitting in quiet desperation. And for lack of a better term, it's, it's almost as if the, the sky cracked open. And for the first time, I felt like I was loved just the way I was. I can't describe it. I, I didn't know the gospel. I had no idea who Jesus of Nazareth was. But I remember saying out loud in that moment uh, at the age of 17, Jesus, you are who you say you are. And I stayed up all night and had a conversation with someone I could not see. But he was more real to me than anything I had ever experienced before. A few days later, and this is where God has a sense of humor. I walked into the most dysfunctional uh, youth group service you can fathom. I walked in, and there were about 20 people sitting in a circle. And ironically, two weeks ago, I was in another part of the country preaching at a conference. And one of the leaders in uh, at the conference actually had a conversation with a pastor uh, who was at that church at that time. And we, we just had a good time reminiscing. 
But anyway, anyway, there were about 20 teenagers sitting in a circle, and they were arguing with one another. Adults were screaming at one another. People were crying. I remember walking into this church, and there were two police officers there. And I remember one of his name, his name was Officer Willie. He used to search my car all of the time on the weekends. And so here I am. I walk in. I'm wearing a big tie-dye T-shirt with a big marijuana leaf on the chest. I haven't slept in four nights because of the drugs I was abusing. But I had this conversation with Jesus a few days before, and I just sat there and waited. And I remember thinking, if I can just go to church and raise my hand and do that thing that the pastor asked people to do before, maybe I can get to know Jesus more. What I found out is that night, the reason why there was no sermon preached, there was no worship song sang, uh, the reason why people were arguing and screaming and the police were there is because the pastor actually had to kick a family out of church because a lady made death threats against the pastor. So you talk about dysfunctional. So that was dysfunctional church. It felt like Thanksgiving dinner at my house. So I was sitting there listening to the arguing. The police were there, and... You know, honestly, at the end, my physics partner, whose dad was a volunteer at that church, thank God for people who volunteer in the local church, he just said, hey, bow your heads and close your eyes, and gave a simple invitation. And at the age of 17, I was, I was innocent enough to believe that if I cry out to Jesus, he'll meet me. And instantaneously, it's a story for a believing believer, instantaneously, I was a young man steeped in drugs, the occult, and a host of other things, I was miraculously changed. Now, I want to be clear, did everything become perfect? Of course not. I had some baggage I had to work through. I had to apologize to some people and make some things right and, and go on a journey. But salvation is not the finish line. It's a door. And once we walk through the door of salvation, we discover how amazing the kingdom of God is. And that's when it began. Now, i, I got to tell you, that eighth grade girl, the next day after I met Jesus, I checked the mail. And in the mailbox was a letter from that girl that I met in eighth grade. Three and a half years, her and her mom were praying for me. And she had handwritten a note to me. By this time, we're juniors in high school, and I checked the mail 24 hours after meeting Jesus, and five pages in her own handwriting, she began to answer all of those questions I asked her about Jesus. Why? Because she had recently had an encounter with the love of God through Jesus Christ as well. And we've been married almost 21 years now. We've got two kids. We endeavor to leave a legacy for generations to come. And I'm the product of a young girl who dared to listen to a voice that may have had no volume, uh, but when God speaks, uh, you certainly want to pay attention. That is so fabulous. Heath, you finish your essay by writing this, which I love. You say, looking back at my salvation, I can't help thinking of Psalm 23. The psalmist yes. makes it clear that God prepared a table not while he was luxuriating in green pastures, but while he was trudging through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm yeah. the product of a girl who dared to believe when God whispered an invitation to church the power of prayer, and the Savior who stepped into my darkness and instead of turning away in horror, showed me who he was and who I was created to be. Yeah. That's fabulous, Heath. Yes. You know, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that God prepares the table in the most unlikely place. And where is it? It's not in the green pasture. He prepares the table in the valley of the shadow of death. But remember, a shadow is, an, is a clue. It is an indication that just beyond is a tremendous bright light. 
and the presence of a shadow actually can serve as a breadcrumb and a clue to help us understand that the light of the world draws near even when we feel like we are at our darkest hour. For after all, the green pasture and the valley of the shadow of death are actually the same place. And if we dare to believe that God is who he says he is, and if we dare to believe that regardless of our situation and our circumstance, we can choose to trust God, even if our situation gives us a reason not to, then we can sit at the king's table and feast as our enemy, which is never a person. An enemy can be a mindset, an enemy like poverty, and it can be an ideology, it can be depression, cancer. But we can sit at the king's table and look into the king's eyes and feast with him as our enemies watch. I'm thankful that God prepares a table for us in the unlikely places. Heath Adamson. His brand new book is called Grace in the Valley, Awakening to God's Presence When He Feels Far Away. Heath, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time, for your story. It really encouraged both Kath and I, and I'm sure the rest of our audience. We greatly appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Fabulous, isn't it? Just fabulous. God is there, even in the midst of the darkness. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. Speaking of zero, right now get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarrestpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarrestpittsburgh.com. Have you ever thought you'd like to buy and sell houses but didn't know how or where to get the money? My name is Ron Legrand and over the past 40 years I've bought over 3,000 houses without using my money or credit and taught thousands to do the same. Today, even in a virtual environment, we buy nice houses and nice neighborhoods using no banks, realtors, contractors, or other costly entanglements and build huge cash flow and wealth without the hassle of tenants, all without credit and little or no money. You don't need a license or experience, and I'll show you exactly how it's done. Text RON to 99799, and I'll send you my free training. I promise I'll change the way you think about real estate and open the door to a new lifestyle that doesn't involve risk or rehabs and can quickly replace your current income. Text RON to 99799, and let me show you how to take your life back and build cash flow and wealth from your home. That's Ron to 99799. Again, text Ron to 99799. Looking for a second income? A great way to give back to your community? Consider NAMS Transportation, providing safe transportation to Northern Allegheny and Pittsburgh seniors for over 40 years. Offering flexible day, evening, and weekend schedules. Perfect for retirees. Van drivers start at $17 an hour. Sedan drivers at $14 an hour. Plus, part-time drivers get a two thousand dollar signing bonus must be 25 or older no cdl required call 412-406-8611 today 
Stop by Mattress Firm for summer Black Friday deals. Save up to $600 on select mattresses from top brands with Queens starting at $149.99. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying purchase. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. The other night we drove to the, uh, the north side. We went over and uh, had a nice ball. Casinayas. You been there? You been to Casinayas over in West Park? I used to live over there uh, on Brighton Road and would literally stop by almost every day. It's just one of those kind of like bucket list things for the summer, which of course, you know, I got a bucket list, right? You know, hope, hopefully you do too, because here we are. Before you know, is it next week? Is it ne- Monday is August 1st. It's August 1st already. I mean, summer is going to go by. So all that to say, coming up uh, August 16th is the second annual uh, Word FM uh John and Kathy ride home cruise. That's what I'm calling it. <laughs> I don't know if it really, that's the official name. But once you come and join us, l- listen, uh, we had such a great time last year, and we're going to repeat it this year. Maybe even sitting on the fence about this, thinking, eh, what's that going to be like in a boat with a bunch of people? We had a blast. And, and I guarantee you, if you come, you will as well. Now, tickets, uh, they're a little pricey, but I mean, you know, Consider it like a, a like a special night out. It's forty five dollars per person, which includes dinner and the ride, the boat ride, which is like two and a half hours long. So that's a a great nice date, under a hundred bucks, right? Wordfm.com and um, Kath and I are going to be there. We're not going to be wearing any nautical gear or anything like that. We're just going to hang out with you and uh, enjoy the beautiful scenery as it floats by and. Uh, Tickets are gonna—they're gonna end the tickets soon, I believe, right? Because you know, we're, we're reaching that point where they go, "We got to shut shut this down," because you know you got to tell people the X number of people. So don't delay. WordFM.com, August sixteenth, the second annual John and Kathy Gateway Clipper Cruise. <laughs> We've been trying to talk in, uh, talk Christy into joining us as well. She's dragging her feet, thinking she may be like the young pup on the boat or something like that. I think that she should come. So we hope that you come. You, your kids are welcome as well, but anybody, come and join us, all right? Word of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. Boris Johnson has now stepped down as Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. Either Liz Truss or Rishi Sunak. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.